taught the foundations course and then hosting as well. So praise God, all volunteering as well. So thank you. Um, he's good, eh? Give him a hand. <laughs> or is it just me that appreciates him? Maybe it's just me that appreciates him. Um, our kids go back to school tomorrow. Youth, kids, are you ready? We're going to pray for you if that's all right. So why don't you just lift your hands to God and, and we're going to pray for our kids um, going back tomorrow for fourth term. Can you believe it? Lord, we just thank you for our kids, Father God, our youth, Lord, as they just go into fourth term, Father God. We pray that you'd be with them, Lord. We pray that you'd give them strength, clarity. We pray that you'd help them make good choices, choose the right friends, Lord, surround them with the right people, Father God. And um, I just pray, we just call out destiny. We call out purpose, Father God. We pray the Bible says starting is good, but finishing is even better. So I pray that they finish this year strong, Lord God, in you, Father God, that they'll grow closer to you this term, Lord, and that your will be done in their lives, Father God, in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. How good is it to be in God's house, eh? I know I say it every Sunday, but I'll never stop saying it. It is good to be in God's house. Let us rejoice and go to God's house together. Amen. The title of my message this morning is Five Loaves, Two Fish. Five Loaves, Two Fish. Most of you know that we moved house a few months ago. If you were here last Sunday, you heard my story all about the car and my car registration, etc., etc. But we moved house a few months ago and the really cool part is, the super cool part is, is that we're close to the beach. Now, we had to go pretty far north to get it, but nonetheless, we can walk to the beach in five minutes. Uh, and I absolutely love the beach. I, in fact, I grew up around here, uh, Padbury, Kalaroo, um, and I just have some really cool memories of growing up, you know, playing in the whitewashed sand, uh, laying, uh, not the sand, playing in the whitewashed water, you know, the whitewash, you know, you're too scared to go too far, but you just play where the whitewash is, laying in the hot sand and just spending days um, at the beach. As a teenager, with every other teenager in Perth, I spent down at Scarborough uh, Beach. Some memories, let's forget about some of those memories. Uh, but in the late uh, 80s, early 90s, every teenager or most teenagers were down at Scarborough Beach. And so even to the point where I love the beach so much that when I was giving my list to God of what I wanted in a future marriage partner, has anyone done that? Or is that just me or my generation? <laughs> there we go, we got one. And so you understand, right? I gave my list to God of this is who I want in a marriage partner. And on that list was that they also needed to love the beach as much as I do. And, uh, and God really honoured that. Um, Jacob has an extensive bucket list. Um, he freely shows anyone that's interested. <laughs> so uh, if you want to see his bucket list, he can show you later after the service. <laughs> and uh, we met some people down at a, the restaurant the other day and he was showing them. It's so funny. But anyway, on that bucket list, it, it actually said that he wanted to... He's showing Karen now, are you? No. On that bucket list, it actually says that he wanted to live within walking distance uh, to the beach. And so he's been able to tick that off. Again, we've had to go pretty far north to get it. Uh, but the freeway's awesome. I mean, the freeway takes you anywhere, right? Uh, and so the beach is really special to us. In fact, the moment I realised I had feelings for Jacob was after a walk along the beach. It was in Cottesloe. We are catching up just as friends, just as friends. Uh, and we really, we'd only been friends, we'd been friends for a couple of years and that's all we thought it was. Um, and we went for lunch as friends and then we walked. It sounds quite romantic now you think about it. We went for a walk 
uh, we were friends. We were friends. We went for a walk. It was down at Cottesloe. Uh, but it was in that moment I realised that, that I had feelings for this guy, you know. And I'm like, oh, you know. And so, again, this, the beach is, is special to us. And, and, you know, I think about just these two ratbag kids, you know, us two. One from the south, one from the north. We converted him to the north, praise God. They, they meet in rehab and, and, and God completely transforms their lives, you know, and continues to fulfil their dreams and the desires. You know, you can't help but be thankful. You can't help but be blown away. You can't help but be in awe of how good God is. And so on one of my prayer walks recently, as I was just looking over the ocean, because I just still can't believe it, it's like right there. I know I'm going on about it, but I will. As I was looking out over the ocean... I was just again thanking God. But I remember thinking and praying in that moment, God, let me not ever take this for granted. Let me not ever not be thankful for this. Never Let, let me not get so used to it that I just it, it just is one of those things. Let me always be thankful for what's, what, what I see right now, for the things that you've, you've done and are doing in my life. But you know what? It's easy to be thankful to God um, for the good things that are happening in our lives, particularly if they're new and fresh. You know, it comes quite easily. It comes quite uh, naturally. And I expect we're all grateful and thankful to God for things that he's done in, in our lives. And, and if we're not, if you're struggling with that, if you're struggling with uh, a negative mindset or if you're struggling that where you find yourself where you're not being thankful, I encourage you to go home today and begin to write down the things that you're thankful for. Ask God to remind you why you married your spouse. Sometimes we need reminding. <laughs> Ask God to remind you why you wanted kids. Ask God to remind you why you prayed to be in the job that you're in. Go and ask it and remind yourself and begin to write down a list. It's, it's amazing how you, you're, something happens in that moment as you begin to, to, to write down those things and just be thankful to God for the good things that he's doing in your life. But as much as we're thankful for the good things that are happening in our lives, you know, I have stuff happening in my life over here that I wish wasn't happening. And I expect we all do. And the conflict or the tension is that the Bible says to be thankful in all things. Not just some things, but all things. Not just the good things, but all things. Not just the fun things... You know, we all like to have fun, but in all things, not just for the mountaintops. He doesn't just say to be thankful for the mountaintops, but for the valleys as well. Paul the Apostle says in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18, he says this, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And so the question is, is, well, how can we be thankful to God for those things that are hard, those things that are painful, those things that we wish weren't happening, those things that are hurtful, those things that are just not fair? Because who knows in life that things happen that just are not fair? I remember complaining to a teacher once, well, that's not fair. And he said, well, whoever said life is fair? I thought, wow, yeah, no one, well, yeah, okay, that's a good point, mate. <laughs> Mr. Gaynor, I think was his name. Whoever said life is fair? 
But the Bible says to be thankful in all circumstances, to be thankful for things that are not working out as we had hoped. How do we be thankful for those things? When others are getting blessed and here we are still waiting. When others are getting promoted and here we are still waiting. When others, uh, prodigal son and daughter are coming home and here we are still waiting. When others are getting married and here we are still waiting. When others, others' marriages are getting restored and here we are still waiting or actually on the other side of it already. When others are getting recognised and here we are still waiting. When others fall pregnant, have kids and here we are still waiting. How can we be thankful for those things? There's a scripture in the Bible that we really need to grab a hold of and have as our core belief of who we are. It's in Romans chapter 8 verse 28 it says this, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. I'm going to read that again, Romans 8, 28. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. You know, we need to know, we need to know that God works all things for good, no matter what. We need to know that. We need to have it as our core belief inside of who we are. We need to grab a hold of that and walk in it. Because when we have this as our core belief, then we can trust God in all circumstances. And when we can trust God in all circumstances, we can be thankful to God in all circumstances. Amen? Bill Johnson puts it like this. The absence of thankfulness is self-trust. I thought that was profound. The absence of thankfulness is self-trust. We need to know and trust God, period, full stop. We need to know and trust God. We need to know and trust God that he will work every circumstance for our good no matter what. You know, the Bible says not to lean on our own understanding and we all do it. Don't feel condemned. We all naturally just like try and figure it out, but that doesn't make sense. But I thought this, you know, I mean, Pastor Jacob said it so beautifully. We need to get our own opinions off the throne. Amen. <clears throat> Proverbs 3, 5 to 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him. That's what he's meant when Jacob's talking about getting your opinion, getting our opinion, because it's me too, off the throne. Submit all your ways to him and he will make your paths straight. You know, Paul the Apostle, I mean, he was amazing, wasn't he? He was a rat bag, like all of us used to be before we knew Christ. Uh, and, uh, and then he had a conversion. But this is what he knew how to be content in all circumstances. We read in Philippians chapter 4, verse 11 to 13, and this is the New Living Translation. It says this, I'm not saying this because I'm in need, for I have learnt to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learnt the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry. Some of us, you've just lost us that I'm content when I'm hungry. Whether living in plenty or in want, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. That's Paul speaking. 
Another translation is this. This is the Message Bible. Actually, I don't have a sense of needing anything personally. I've learnt by now to be quite content, whatever my circumstances. I'm just as happy with little as with much. With much as with little. I've found the recipe for being happy, whether full or hungry. Paul, tell us, speak to us. Hands full or hands empty. Whatever I have, have, wherever I am, I can make it through anything in the one who makes me who I am. Amazing pieces of scripture. I love it when you read the different translations, you get different things out of it, different words that connect with you. You know, Paul talks about having a recipe, a secret. You know, some of us don't follow recipes. You know who you are. And we just hope for the best, (laughs) right? And, And we hope for the best. And, 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 and I, you guys actually that don't follow recipes amaze me. I'm like, how did you do that? I have to like follow like, you know, the only thing I can do without following a recipe is spaghetti bolognese. But anyway, uh, but, but if Paul's saying that he knows, he knows this secret, he's got this recipe, I don't, I don't know about you, but I'm listening up. I'm following and listening to, to, to because if there's a secret to living content regardless, I want to know about it. I've got to know about it. Because we all go through the mountaintops and the valleys. We all go through the hard times and the good times. If you're in a good space right now, there's a hard time coming. <laughs> Preach the good news this morning. Come to church and be encouraged. But we know that, right? We know that. So I think it would be pretty wise if we find out the secret, that the recipe to living content regardless. Uh, we back up in verse 6. Philippians, this is still Paul. He says this, don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers. How good's that? Shape your worries into prayers. The warriors out there, warriors, not warriors as in warrior, but in warrior, worry, oh, warrior. You know, sometimes it's a learnt behaviour. It's a learnt behaviour. I've learnt to worry and I have to unlearn that. And when the Bible says turn your worries into prayers, that's a good piece of advice right there. Turn your worries into prayers, letting God know your concerns before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. Sometimes we need settling down. You know where you settle a baby to sleep? We need that as adults, don't we? Lord, settle me down. But you can have that. You can have that. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the centre of your life. Summing it all up, verse 8, summing it all up, friends, I say you'll do best by filling your minds and meditating on things true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious, the best, not the worst, the beautiful, not ugly, things to praise, not things to curse, Put into practice what you learnt from me, what you heard and saw and realised. Do that and God who makes everything, there it is again, it makes everything work together, will work you into his most excellent harmonies. I don't even know what a harmony is. Harmony, harmony. The singers might know what a harmony. Excellent, it sounds nice anyway, right? It means it comes together beautifully. Harmonies. If you've got a negative, you struggle with a negative mindset, this is in my notes, but 
that bit that we read, verse 8 to 9, fill your minds and meditating on things true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious. We hear that quite often, but this bit's really good. The best, not the ugly. I mean, the best, not the worst. The beautiful, not the ugly. Things to praise, not things to curse. That's a, that'll be a really cool piece of scripture to meditate on if you struggle uh, with a negative mindset because Paul's saying there's a secret in here. There's a recipe. This is a recipe to follow. Listen up. I know you recipe non-followers, but this is a recipe you need to follow. Amen? It's abundantly clear from what we just read that Paul knew who he was in Christ. This is his set. He knew who he was in Christ. He knew where his help and strength came from. He knew that God will turn all things around for good. He had that. You can tell when you're reading the scripture that he had that core belief. He had that core belief. He just knew it. He knew that it wasn't based on him or his circumstances. As we're reading, he says, in Christ, uh, God will strengthen me. Uh, he, is, he makes me who I am, etc. Paul says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9 to 10. And, and he's saying, this is what God is saying to him. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. We always think we have to be strong, right? And so this is what Paul says. He says this, Therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight, I delight in weaknesses in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I'm weak, then I am strong. Paul drew his confidence from being positioned in Christ. That's where he drew his confidence from. He knew he was nothing without him and everything with him. So essentially it didn't matter what was occurring in his life because he was in Christ that was one of his that was one of his things that was he was in Christ therefore he was content in all circumstances because he was in Christ and therefore he could give thanks in all circumstances because he was in Christ and that's not to say we don't empathize with people when they're going through stuff that's not to say we don't work through our own stuff and pay attention to our feelings and emotions. Sometimes as Christians, we get told to, you know, uh, to just ignore our, our feelings. And it's true, don't be led by your feelings, be led by the word of God. But in saying that, there's a balance because God gave us our feelings and emotions. So we need to listen to them as well. They're telling you something. And so don't go all one way and don't go, you know, if you're like me, I sort of say all this way or all that way or... You know, Jacob's got to have the window all the way down or all the way up. <laughs> and I'm like, why is it, you know, I'm like, that's drug addict behaviour. <laughs> I'm like, why do you have to have it all the way down or all the way up? Can't it just be halfway? <laughs> so let's not be like that, like those Christians that it's like, oh, it's all this or it's all that. Well, maybe it's both. Or that person's wrong and that person's right. Well, maybe they're both right and maybe they're both wrong. Maybe it's both. Let's find the balance, the tension. And that's the thing about God and his word. It's not, you know, I know I'm a very black and white person, but it's a, it's a lot of both. Amen? So Paul knew who he was in Christ and that's where he, he positioned himself in Christ. And, and if you're a believer this morning, we're all in Christ. 
If you're a born-again believer, you are now in Christ. Christ lives in you and you live in him. Galatians 2.20 says this, My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. So we knew, Paul knew again, he was in Christ. He knew when he was weak, he was really strong because he was in Christ. Another thing that Paul knew is, is, is he's so abundantly clear that Paul valued his prayer life. He valued his prayer. He knew how to pray and he encouraged others to pray. In fact, he said, pray about everything. Pray about everything. Again, turn your worries into prayers. And he said, the thing is, he said, if you do this, if you do this, then you'll experience God's peace. Another translation of Philippians 4, 6 to 7, which we read earlier, says this. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then, he says, then you'll experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. You know, the whole world is chasing peace, aren't they, really? They're chasing peace. We all want peace. A mum's cry, you know, is, I just want peace. A husband's cry is, I just want peace. A youth's cry is, I just want peace peace we we all are chasing yet Paul tells us how we can get peace he said do these things non-follower recipe people the recipe people the recipe followers are good you're going to follow this those that struggle to follow recipes listen up do this then you'll experience God's peace that guards your mind and your heart I mean who wouldn't want that who would not want that? If you need peace, get praying. I don't want to go to the prayer meeting. What do they do there anyway? They just say, I don't know how to pray. Come. Be there. Let God do whatever he wants to do. If you need peace, get praying. The Bible says the prayer of the righteous person is powerful and effective. Think about that for a moment. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful. Well, I'm not righteous. Yes, you are. If you're in Christ, you're righteous because you have the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Amen? So don't disqualify yourself from that scripture, the prayer of a righteous person. Well, that's not me. You don't know what I did yesterday or this morning or last week. It is you because you're in Christ. And because you're in Christ, you are righteous, not because of anything you've done or I've done, because none of us would be here. <laughs> it's hilarious isn't it? It's a good thing about God's grace and, and, and his mercy and the blood of Jesus Christ. We all fall short of the glory of God. Every single one of us, that's the first scripture we learn down at Adult and Teen Challenge. It's not just the drug addicts. Every single person falls short of the glory of, of Christ. That's why we've got to come into him. Paul could be content in every circumstance because he was praying and because he's, he knew his prayers were powerful. But not only that, he knew that his God heard his prayers. He, he knew that God heard his prayers. 
What an incredible way to live and he encourages us to do the same. But in that, in that scripture we just read, it doesn't say just pray, it says to give thanks. To give thanks. And, and, and thanks, thanksgiving is like the secret sauce. <laughs> hey? You got a secret sauce? Lucky these people aren't Italians. Italians don't give up their recipes, right? You know, I wish I listened to my nonna when she, you know, when she was cooking. I wish I was interested in what she was cooking and just learnt off her, you know, that secret sauce. Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving. Paul knew how to give thanks to his creator. He knew how to give thanks to his creator and he knew that there was power in it. I want to take us to a story where Jesus performs a miracle. You're like, what has five loaves and two fishes got to do with any of this, Mel? Matthew chapter 14, verse 14 to 21. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them and healed the sick. Healed their sick. As evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so that they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. Jesus replied, They do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. We only have here five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Bring them here to me, he said, and he directed the people to sit down on the grass, taking the five loaves and two fish, looking up to heaven. He gave thanks and broke the loaves then he gave them to the disciples and the disciples gave them to the people they all ate and were satisfied and the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over you're talking about the abundant life Uh, and the number of those who ate was about 5,000 men besides women and children they say with the women and children they say theologians those people they say it was about 15,000 or more 15,000 or more fed from five loaves and two fishes. And what I want to draw out of the story here is Jesus brought to God what wasn't enough. He brought to God what wasn't enough, five loaves and two fish. He brought what was lacking. He brought what was hard. He brought what was could not be done in the natural. I don't see this. He brought that. I'm sure Jesus saw it. The disciples didn't see it. And we're kind of a bit like the disciples, right, at times. But what did he do? He gave thanks. He gave thanks. He gave thanks for what wasn't enough and a miracle took place. You know, God calls us to bring our hard stuff to him. He calls us to bring our lack, our brokenness, our not enough, our issues our circumstances, the things that we can't figure out, the things that overwhelm us. And he calls us to bring them to him and give thanks. That's what he calls us to. And he calls us to trust him with our not enough. He calls us to trust him with, I can't do anything else, Lord. This is all I This is all I have. It's not enough. There was no way five loaves and two fishes were going to feed 15,000 people. But I bring it to you and I give thanks. Five loaves and two fish. We look at Daniel in the Bible. Daniel in the Bible, his circumstances were bad. He was in a foreign land, forced to serve a godless king. 
and now people were out to get him because he was a Christian and he prayed. And so a new law was put in place that nobody could worship any other God or any other human being except this king. So he, he's not in a, this is, this is not good for Daniel. But let's read what Daniel's response was. Now when Daniel learnt that this decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the doors opened toward Jerusalem. This is Daniel chapter 6 verse 10. Three times a day he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God just as he had done before. Daniel's act of giving thanks and continuing to pray in the face of adversity demonstrates his unwavering faith and trust in God. He gave thanks in the hard times and in the good times. He gave thanks in the challenging times and the easy times. The times he felt that the whole world was against him, he gave thanks. Yet do you know what? It got worse for Daniel. It got worse for Daniel. You know sometimes things get worse before they get better. Sometimes we have to go through the pain to get to the healing. Sometimes we have to get through, sift through the mess to get to the right outcome. Just because things are getting worse, perhaps in your life and not better, it doesn't mean it's not of God. It's okay. It is okay. It doesn't mean that you're far from him or you're doing something wrong. Sometimes we have to go through the pain and the hurt and the mess to get to the other side. I want to tell you, whoever this is for this morning, stick with it. Don't give up on God and don't doubt yourself. Do not give up on God and do not doubt yourself. Amen? So Daniel gets thrown into the lion's den. We know the story because he got caught still praying. He wasn't listening to, to the laws of the land, to the new law by the king. And so he gets thrown into the lion's den. Yet we see a miracle take place, don't we? Uh, in Daniel 6.23, it says this, And when Daniel was lifted from the den, no wound was found on him. Why? Because he had trusted in his God. He had trusted in his God. You know, God calls us to give thanks even before we see the miracle. He calls us to give thanks even before we see the breakthrough. That's what we saw with Daniel. He's just like, whatever. My God is my God. And I'll come to him and I will give thanks. He calls us to give him thanks in the good times and the hard times. And we can be thankful for the hard times when we know that he works all things for good. That's the answer to the question that we asked ourselves earlier. I think we asked it anyway. How can I be thankful in hard times? Because we know that God works all things for good for those who love him and who are called according to his purpose. When we know who we are in Christ, when we put our faith and trust in him, not in ourselves, do not lean on your own understanding, but in all your ways submit to him and he will direct your paths. Amen. Why don't you stand this morning? Thank you, Jesus. Let's bring those hard times to God. Let's bring right now you and God, you bring that which is not enough before him. You bring before him the lack, the brokenness, 
the it can't be done in the natural. I don't know how it's ever going to happen, God. Let's this morning, let's bring our five loaves and two fish to him this morning and give thanks. And we believe and are believing for a miracle to take place in our lives. Why don't you lift your hands right now? God, I just thank you that you meet us where we're at. I thank you that you're such a good and gracious and merciful God. I thank you for your unfailing love, Lord God. And I just pray as we bring our five loaves and two fish, our, our brokenness, our lack, our, our it's not enough, our hard time, whatever circumstance that we're struggling with, whatever issue that we're working through, whatever need we have, we bring it to you this morning. And you know what? We give thanks. We say thank you. We thank you that you're going to do a miracle. We thank you that you are in control. We thank you that we can put our trust and faith in you. We surrender it to you today. I pray for those that need healing, that you just touch them right now. Those with broken hearts, that you'd heal hearts. Those where there's just confusion in the mind, I just pray for complete healing right now, Lord God. Thank you that we have the mind of Christ. We thank you that we are righteous in you and that our prayers are powerful and effective. I pray for this revelation that we would know this deep down in our core, how powerful our prayers are in you. And I pray that each and every one of us at the core of our belief of who we are, that we would know that you turn all things around for good because we love you. And we are called according to your purpose. Have your way in our lives. Let's just worship. As you do business with God, let's just worship. And you speak to him right now. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, God. Jesus. Your word will come to Amen. Pass. Thank you, Father. My heart will sing your praise again. You're such a good God. You're so worthy. Jesus, you're still in
bless you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Sing you move. We believe and trust you, God. I sing you move. You move the mountains, and I believe. I see you do it again. You made a way when there was no way, and I believe. I see you do it again. I see you move. You move the mountains, and I believe. I see. seen you move in our lives before and we just trust that you're going to do it again. We thank you that the miracle is coming. It's already been done. And we give you thanks, Father God. Thank you, Jesus. Just while we're in this um, place of worship, I just want to, before we close the service, just give anyone an opportunity If you've never entered into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, I just want to give you that opportunity right now. If you're watching us online and um, if if you've never made that commitment to Jesus Christ, today is your day. And so 